we are taking a trip back through the historical pages. Like, what's that gay dog, uh, Sherman and Mr. P? Me and buddy Sherman and Mr. Peabody today taking a walk back through the historical pages to find out if Gilda Ray was one of the most notorious, specifically children serial killers in the pages of history, or if it was all a political stunt for someone else to kill 140 kids. We're going to get to the bottom of this tonight. Or whatever time you download. Why do I always say tonight? Because we do it at night. We do tonight. All right. Yeah. We're going to get to the bottom of this on this week's episode of Death Metal. Man, I saw somebody post, uh, I was trying to Google our YouTube thing mm-hmm. earlier to share it, and somebody had, like, in the last couple of days made a Reddit thread about us. Oh, yeah. And, like, the first comment on there was, uh, not for me, I can't get past the death metal yell. It's like two seconds. Yeah. You just gave up then? That's what the problem with the fucking internet is, dude. Yeah, you know. Just, you hear that, and you're out. It's right out, It's right there, and that's it. There's not even f- much fucking music. No. The- hardly any. I'm yeah. saying it's like 35 seconds total. It's a, it's an afterthought. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we're talking about Gilda Ray. If you don't know about him, he was a fucking lord, a knight, uh, French royalty who came to power mainly during the Hundred Year War. Which, if you're a history dork, then let me first say, if you're a history dork, I'm going to fuck the history up. Yeah, I'm not smart. Didn't do well in school. Did go back and research, but... The things I think I know about this shit, I probably actually don't. So when I go to speculate or say something like, here's something about the French when Joan of Arc was doing this, I'm probably fucking wrong. So don't shit your pants. You can easily politely tell me uh, there's a reason I've got all my messaging services on mute all the time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But I'm interested in it. So if you know something that I don't, I like to hear about it. I like history. It's just when I was going to school, I was far more concerned with like, Trying to lick a butt than doing work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going way back then to Hundred Year War, which, of course, is the dumbest name for a war that didn't last 100 years. Yeah. But the most famous part of that, in my mind, and I assume yours, too, is that Joan of Arc was a powerful leader in that time. And Mm -hmm. Joan of Arc, of course, was a fucking teenage woman. Yep. Who was a badass. Yep. And destroyed a bunch of weird fucking English people. She was a fucking. Uh, she was seventeen when the shit was going on. Yeah, hard. Was, yeah, just having a bowl cut and stabbing people in the throat in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, the Lord. Here's what happened. <laughs> God was forced to take a march with a cross on his back, and they nailed him to it. And he said he would be back. And uh, before he got a chance to come scooting back to Earth, mm-hmm. this fucking seventeen-year-old lady got the juice in her. Yeah. And just went to stabbing the dumb English. I mean, stabbing them. Oh, yeah. And it was like God-on-God battle, too, is the worst part. It's like if you wanted to take over a country in the 1400s, it was always in the name of God. Yeah. But they are both Christians. I'm guessing that the English were Protestant and the French are Catholic is what happened. I mean, that's a fact. Okay. Uh, But I'm guessing that's what their beef was like. Listen to me, your God. Look to me to be very gay. I, it's, I have a hard time going from French to British, I just realized. Yeah, it's hard. Oh, the governor looks to me 
perhaps your god might be a peck gay. <laughs> in peck? In peck, what they call midgets on willow? <laughs> yeah. I just think it means small, dude. I think it's like a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like a British little bit. Uh, yeah, but so, the, you know, they had that fucking war. Joan of Arc was uh, basically the French leader. I mean, I don't think she was making all the plans, but I do think that she was like the quarterback of the football team. You know, you knew that you could count on her to fuck shit up. People rallied behind her. Wherever she was at, troops got all fired up. A good person to have around. Well, I'm just thinking about something, too, man. On Willow, they call, like, regular people daikinis. They're like daikini babies. Remember, because that baby was full grown, they find it. And they're already oh yeah, the peck. It's like yeah. the same size as them, and it's yeah. a baby. Its yeah. head's all fucking big He's and like, shit. It's a daikini. Da- 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. I, Willow's tight, dude. I heard that they were redoing it, which is fun. It's on YouTube for free. You can just watch it. Right yeah, now. yo, if you haven't seen it's Willow, Willow. I think everyone's seen Willow. That's dude. the most. I've Disney got a movie. feeling that everybody in our fucking it's a Disney movie. Yeah, dude. yeah, that shit's hard. I got a feeling that everybody in our database has probably for sure seen Willow. Yeah, man. Um. Yo, so like Joan of Arc, uh, I also feel like anybody in our database knows who that is. It's not like I'm going to be able to give you a history lesson on her. Just a hard teenager, and Gilda Ray got famous by being essentially her first assistant, which was a big deal in the army. He was born to the family of Guy Eleven de Montgomery Laval. That's a fucking name, Guy Eleven de Montgomery. Laval and Marie de Caron on September 4th, 1405. His name to start with was Guild de Montmorency Laval. They just put it all together back then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just spice it up. His dad, he had a rough life, which I think helped him out militarily because the first memory that he basically has, and we're so far back in history that every account can't be trusted because you have things that he told people a lot of the history from him will get way more into his play, yeah. but uh, not abnormal for rich people to do in the 1400s. He tried to write a play about himself to carry his legacy on. So that's nice that there was a paper trail that you could go back to, but you got to figure that that's highly embellished to be a production. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, but supposedly his dad, Guy, got into a gnarly hunting accident, eaten alive by a wild animal when Gil... And his dad were hunting. So right out of the chute, he's going to be fucked. Yep. Nine-year-old. Just imagine, like, what type of fucking animals they have in France? The same as us? I would assume. Probably like a bear or some shit. Yeah, they're probably like some stupid pink color or some shit. I know we are hunting for the fox, Fabio, but look at that large brown animal. Damn. Do not worry, Kyle. I would overpower this with uh, my knife. And then he, he did not. No? He got eight. And I'm just a mad because you know a bear they don't eat they don't like. You're a human being. You know what people are like. If you wanted to eat one, you wouldn't want to fight them the whole time you're trying to do. It. You would just cut their throat. Yeah, shoot them. You would you would kill them first. A bear can do whatever they want to. To they're you. probably just gonna play with you for a little bit. No man, that's a cat. Oh yeah, for but sure. But they'll also kill you and then play with you. I think a cat would be a better way to go than a bear because bears automatically go for the ass. Yeah, just like uh, like a, they're more like a dog, yeah. because like a wolf, 
they go right for the ass because that's where the most tender meat is, mm-hmm. and you're also easiest to deal with there. They, you, you know how a dog will take your back and fucking hump the other dog? Yeah. They, they, they just know, like, from behind is the best way to deal with somebody. So yeah. they just go right to ass, man. So mm. that bear is eating you ass first. Yeah, don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> a, a live. Man jumps in the Little Rock Zoo and spreads his ass. <laughs> yeah, what do you, you're a nine-year-old kid watching it. Were you trying to, like, warn the, what do you do? You know, do you try to shoo the bear off? Like, please, shoo from me, papa. Yeah. Don't need, no, no, no. He like he has asked to be ate, but in a different way. <laughs> Stop it, bear. Oh, boy. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what he grew up with. Ass um, is a banquet TV dinner for a bear. And <laughs> where he lucked out, though, is that uh, old-timey shit, the way that the French worked is that it was a nice, really everything, because I've been watching, like, that Viking show, and historically, from what I understand, I know it for sure about French because I looked at it for this, is all the money in your family, all the everything your family has is it's still kind of like that all handed down the line. Yeah. But in that sense, the family all takes care of each other. So, you know, you have your grandparents, which I assume in France, your grandparents are probably like 34 or five. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? And then you got your mom and dad. So the dad dies and then that's the patriarchal figure of the house. So everyone gets like, this is who's in charge. He dies. So it can't go back to your grandpa being in charge because he's already too old and you're taking care of him. He's probably 41. And then you're nine and your fucking brother's 11. So that's who is in charge now. So everything that would have been the father's, like the entire state, just goes to the boys right away. And, of course, being French, his grandparents were fucking loaded. So they come into money right away and they take care of their grandparents with his mom. Um, his mom wants to remarry, but she fucking dies two years later, which again, we're talking about the 1400s. You know, you motherfuckers died from tooth infections. Yeah. It's just not, it's not a flourishing time. God, what a terrible way to go. Tooth infection. Oh my God, dude. Well, I assume that at this point in time, they figured out that when it hurts, you can rip them out and shit. But then, you know, there's no, there's no antibiotics. It just, everything is horrible. There's no comfortable death. I mean, we got, not only do people live longer now, but you can just be fucking more comfortable at least. Because everything was just miserable fucking hell. Like, nothing ever felt good then. Like, you're fucking, but it's like through 96 inches of pubes. Yeah. Smells. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, nothing is comfortable. Like, a beds are just fucking... Uh, you just clean things with piss because it's, it's sterile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what's sterile is you pee on your things. And then, like, your bed is just made out of fucking bear balls or whatever you can fucking congregate into a sack to lay on top of Ugh. like what the fuck was a bed made out of then just fucking shit crammed into a fucking Probably just bag like a whole bunch of goddamn uh pallets man like yeah. just fucking but what what was the pallet made of bears gotta be bears yeah all right just a bunch of fucking yeah, bunch animal of bear, skin and shit yeah, animal skin yeah that's cool though I mean, it's cool, but it's not comfortable, you know? Like, I got a nice bed, and my fucking shoulders have been hurting real bad. I got a, like, Tempur-Pedic, whatever. And, uh, dude, my fucking, if I lay, if I fall, I'm a side sleeper, so I've been training myself to fall asleep on my stomach, and then I roll over and wake up, and I'm in an immense amount of pain. Yeah. Which I'm sure, also, you probably were used to pain, but anyway, I'm just saying it's a hell life. His mom fucking died. She was probably 16 or some shit since he was nine. That's <laughs> just yeah. how the fucking world was working back yuck. then. Oh, I mean, you say yuck, but it's like, yo, 
Like, so she was seven when she had it? Yeah, but but if you're like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's probably not right. But if your maximum life expectancy is is 45 or some shit, yeah. I mean, you got to get to it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give myself a pat on the shoulder <laughs> for getting a math question right. Yeah. Hey, Look at that, man. Yeah, you did man. a number. But uh, Big Buddy doing a number over here. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so she fucking dies. Now they're both dead. Now Giles was the, or Gil was the youngest fucking brother, which, uh, is never like, you know, you're picked on all the time and shit. So he, he was bad temper. Everyone, no one liked him in the family cause he was just a shithead. Um, but he would fight motherfuckers all the time. So that led his natural ambition of going to the army, which I don't know if it was mandatory. It's something that I would assume is because it's like the colonial type of shit where, you have like kings and then dukes and like your kingdom is like, is like broken up with a bunch of smaller leaders that are in charge of a community. And I know his grandparents were rich, but not any type of royalty. So I assumed that he had to, you know, work for a motherfucker and that job entailed him essentially being a soldier. I think too the, I think during the hundred year war, I think all the, uh, all the boys had, had to learn how to fight because of, because they didn't, because they may have to go to war, you know, okay. if something happens too. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, this is leading up to that. I mean, he's an adult when that happens. Uh, so you know, he's he's working as starting to starting to become a soldier, and also because he grew up rich, like he learned Latin. Uh, he he they taught him music, which is is for sure rich French shit. Like, look at what we have mastered the art of the artisan bravery and also democracy. But then on top of that, uh, you take uh, the, the lute thingy and you play the stringy, make a nice, a beautiful art. The French will love the art. Come on, harp. Eh, I don't give a fuck what it's called. It's a harp. Yeah. Is it? That's the French I thing? Guess, yeah. I don't oh, know. He, oh, he, that's what somebody plays in heaven, I'm sure. Bling dong, ding dong, ching dong, bling dong, bling ding ding. Yeah. No, that's okay. the French song. That's what? the French national anthem. Frere Jacques. Mm. Such a weird. Everything's just so weird about that fucking part of the world, man. Yeah, I don't like the French. <laughs> what a controversial opinion out there, man. Fuck the French. Still <laughs> the modern day. You can't get in trouble for that. They're white. I guess, yeah. <laughs> but they stink. Uh, they make no. I've, I've we've had run-ins. We talked about it on the podcast yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. One person represents an entire country and culture to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? If I got one bad experience with one person from a country, <laughs> I fucking <laughs> what the I just hell? don't like that country anymore. Uh, you know man. what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Gilda Ray, smart motherfucker. Uh, he's he's gonna be rich right away uh and again his mom died when he was 10 so he's automatically with his brother the heir to this family fortune 16 years old he's already been this is what i'm saying is that life happens so fast like he's already been a trained soldier and when he's 16 years old he goes into his first fighting he's fighting for the house of montfort which i guess is a famous french noble family who were in power of this region from 1365 to 1514? In a long fucking time. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, I, my my guess is is that like there's nobility in your area, 
And you might also be rich, but you still are beholden to them to fight for them. Yeah. Like, it's a crew, you know? It's like, it, it, I like that type of uh, socioeconomical acquirement. That's basically anarchy. Is that you? I mean, it's not here because you have a monarchy, but on a smaller level, basically, you have a neighborhood. Yeah. You have one community, and your community is, I don't, you know, if they're coming together and like duking it out with other communities. Um, but yeah, so the first battle that he gets in. In 1420, 16 years old, he's like, uh, you, you know how when you watch a historical show and they have battles, yeah, they always have a main character, and because that's the main character, they destroy everybody at a very nonsensical rate. Yeah. I mean, you would say you have an army of uh, of 400 of the same built person with the same skill set, but then there's just that one person. And they're fighting another army of 400, and 200 of those people somehow got killed by one person. Yeah. Basically, Gilderay is that yeah. in this battle. And because he was so brave, the family, the House of Montfort, wants him to be a leader. And part of becoming into royalty is he gets tons of land grants. A land grant is, and, and that's kind of the, the pinnacle of currency in the 1400s, it, besides gold. And you would also use gold to make the transaction. So the main thing you want to have is land. Like the yeah. more property you have, and a land grant is basically they're paying you in land. So that's a good fucking deal for him. And you know, well, you motherfuckers know how real estate works. Yeah. It's the same thing today. If you get rich, that's what people always tell you: is invest in property. Yeah. I had a fucking this ding dong. Like, uh, I was on that shit just a few months ago where I was trying to get into construction. Yeah. And by trying to get into construction, I mean, I made, like, an internet post about, like, yo, if you do construction and you want to give me a job to teach me how to do it, then do it. Which was a fleeting thought. I'm just poor and I get fucking pent up and frustrated. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. this motherfucker that I knew had the audacity to be like, hey, man, if you're going to do that, just buy a house and flip it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 cool, great. I'll just go buy a house. No totally problem, dude. <laughs> I'll snag one up. I'll just uh, I'll get a house with cash, yeah. and then I'll just put more. I'll just take the, all the other cash that I have after that and fix it up and sell it again. He was fucking French, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think so. He's got a real type of French look to him. You know, like that. He's carrying around a bread basket. Yeah, yeah, lo- like processes the carbohydrate really well. Has like old coins. <laughs> yeah. Fucking curly mustache, uh, barrette. A stupid fucking scarf. And just fucking... Yeah, um, stri- striped shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Makes <laughs> fun of toaster strudels. He's like, that's just poor people shit. Yeah. You don't need it until it's just through there. You fresh bake in the brick oven. You do not make the bastard baguette. You make the real baguette. Yeah, so rich. That's what I'm saying. Now he's got tons of land on top of being rich. Uh, he's 23 years old in 1927, the next time that he sees combat. And he goes to fight on behalf of the Duchess of Anjou. He besieges the Chateau of Lude, which is a fortress held by the English for several years. They've been having a fucking hold in this area of France. Led by him, the English surrender, and he personally takes the English captain Blackburn as a prisoner. 
that this is a big deal because that is who is in charge of this fort that the French have not been able to evacuate off their land for some time. Did you say 1927? I may have, but I certainly meant 1427. <laughs> a great fucking French depression. <laughs> <laughs> no bread to be found. Uh, hey, get the fuck out of here, English. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was going on in the 20s? That was, was that like World War One. Uh, it was like Great Depression, World War One. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so just they're just fucking still throwing the English out. Once again, I see your face. Do not like it. Evacuate my country. But yeah, so they throw this fucking English guy out who's been a pain in the ass for forever. And you know, dude, you know how it is when a when a country occupies. They don't ever just come in in the 1400s when there's no video cameras or police and, and, and set up for it and hang out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. Governor, I'm over here from the jolly old land of Great Britain. I can't do I can't do French. I'm trying and to figure out what's going on. It was man. like Asian sounding. It was like Asian. I don't know Australian. why my brain's all yeah. See, Australia's too close. You was a traveling man. <laughs> what's a fucking British like? Why can't I? I'm trying to think of what the Spice Girls sound like right now to come <laughs> up with it, dude. Uh, um, I keep I got the governor part right. Yeah, the English. Uh, Please, the, sir, may I have another? The English. The English. Uh, we're just like fucking going over conquering shit. And they Let's hear your fucking British. Spice Give me a British, dude. Hello. All right. Yeah. So you got it. All right. So look. You want your chimney clean, do you? <laughs> yeah. Spread yeah. your ass open. Here comes my cleaner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So, you know, they don't ever just come over and fucking. You want to have a chippy? Yeah. yeah. You want to have a nice fish and chip with me with pour the malt vinegar on it? I like to watch football with my hooligan friends. Pull your tits out, pull your tits out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, they just rape everybody. You know, that's always a problem. You can't, like, whatever reason an invading country is always the first and longest move. It's just continuous, terrible rape. Yeah. That's uh, well, it just standard. It just fucking brings the morale down of all the men in the village if their wife gets raped. It's been, it's fucked <laughs> Did up. you say raped to fuck? Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. Because <laughs> you're I like, mean, shit, what, what you were saying is like, say, uh, like, man, I got in a car wreck and now my car is beat to fuck. Well, no, I said <laughs> was rape to like fucking just bring the morale down yeah. and just like just break somebody mentally. It's like, oh, man, my wife got raped by these idiots and they're trying to rev them up to the point they can't think in combat. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, that would fuck with your head. I get the whole thing. But yeah, so he's the fucking man, dude. He, this guy, he took prisoner, took him to the king. Uh, because of that is when they made him companion to Joan of Arc. Now, Joan of Arc, I'm not going to go so much off on her because we're doing this in one episode. And the reason why is because when we do like a serial killer, one of the main things we'll hit on is the evidence. You know, we'll get to the crimes to establish that they do things a certain way. Here's all the people they've killed. Here's how they died. Here's the similarities. That's all very interesting. Not a ton of evidence here. So it's not something that I that we like. It would be stupid to do a lot of, of time on it. It's yeah. a it's a one episode fun fucking story. Yeah. Uh. So we you know we could if if we stretched it out. That's what I would do is like hit on Joan of Arc a whole bunch. But yeah. she's basically a passing character in this. You yeah. know who she is. Uh. That when he links up with her is fourteen twenty seven, and she's a rising star. In other words, like I was saying before, um, not only does she physically stomp ass. But she is, if if the French were in a heavy battle with the English in this war, and they're, they're getting hammered, they're downtrodden, they're bummed out, and Joan of Arc would show up, the fucking tide would turn. 
because people would be so excited that she was there and slashing people's fucking faces off that they would rally. You know, she's just an enigma. She's like the most important thing that France has going for it at this time because of that. And you know what I'm talking about? It's like the movie Braveheart. You have all these people. And in fact, that is like a term that, uh, guile Gill ends up. It's such spelled so stupid. Yeah. That's why I don't like the French. Um, (laughs) Gill ends up getting the term appointed in Braveheart. Uh, he's a commander in the Royal Army during the Hundred Year War, working with Joan of Arc. He's essentially her right hand man. So everywhere Joan of Arc goes, he goes. So he's he's like that's as big as a celebrity as you could get at the time is Joan of Arc, and he is not only it's not like he would be an assistant. He's like fighting beside her. Yeah. So she, uh, what's that? The Top Gun movie. Uh, he's like Val Kilmer, and she's Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's a huge star. People know who he is. People are stoked when they're there. Uh, once the fighting is over, an important turning point in their history, because this is, again, a time where the Catholic Church in France essentially is the government. That's all intertwined. So every everything that the king decrees or does is, of course, always supposed to be based upon what God wants. God appointed the king. God tells, tells the king what to do. The people who advise the king are the priests and popes and shit like that yeah. so everything's bastardized in with the church so they have like all these giant fucking ceremonies where they elaborate with the king being in church and they do baptisms anointments knighting people doing all this crazy shit to be just just you know, i mean I, i'm not catholic but i've been to catholic church enough with friends in my childhood to know that it's all about pageantry. You know, they just have like all these like ordinate decorations and everyone's wearing these fucking robes walking the aisles and like do like real slope. Like everything's just like a fucking, like a slow play. You know what I'm saying? Like it's all set up to make um, the imagery really pop. So, so you come back. Yeah. I mean, there's that, but it's like, but you know, when you have TV and shit like that, you look at something like a church and a Catholic, it's just like, yeah, hey, what the fuck ever. But in the yeah. 1400s, you've seen like stained glass. Well, that's where all the art was, man. Was in all those church assisting chapel and all that yeah. shit. Everybody would come from all over to come see it. They still do. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. Like the church is basically the main thing. Cause it, you know, you don't have any fucking entertainment. It's like the best place to be. You want to have everything cool shit. So anyway, he, he accompanies uh, Joan of Arc and Rames. During the consecration of Charles the Seventh, he's selected as one of the four lords on July seventeenth, fourteen twenty nine, who had the honor to go to Abbey of Saint Remy to bring the Holy Ampulla, which is a glass vial containing holy anointing oil, for the coronation of the King of France, Charles Seventh, to Notre Dame de Reims, which is of course the fucking Notre Dame thing. Yeah. Um. Basically, that's making um, Charles VII the king of France. He was there. That's what I'm getting at. And uh, I got to assume that a glass vial of holy anointing oil was definitely where one of those weird priests was jacking off into a fucking glass tube. It's like, ha-ha, I show you. You want the holy oil. You get the holy oil. They just put eucalyptus in it so it doesn't smell like cum. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it smells like cum for sure. Because yeah. like, that's got to be the final trick is when you're that priest. And you're like anointing the motherfucking king of France. And you put that fucking cross on his forehead. And he's just like, 
priest, I had to ask, is this in fact ejaculate? <laughs> that is my little joke on you. <laughs> mm, that's the original fucking <laughs> cream cheese for the baguette. <laughs> yeah, they love a fucking creamy cheese in France, boy. I'll tell you what, they gotta be jacking off into everything. Have to be. There's not everything's creamy there. Nothing's hard. It's all creamy. Man, you notice that shit? All those fucking che- yeah, but the cheeses, dude. They're always oh, creamy. Yeah, they're yeah, always yeah. a soft fucking. It's always a soft cheese. I like a cheese, man. Yeah, yo, France number one in cheese. It's illegal to get over here because they don't they don't pasteurize that shit. Yeah, so you can't have it. That's stupid. Yeah, it's dumb as fuck. Because you you're like why give the French the power? I don't know, man. Let's just take it. Like it's illegal to import, but what if we just fucking strong arm it? You could strong arm the French so easy. I don't think the French is the problem. I think it's the fucking United States laws. Man, we need some goddamn unpasteurized cheese yeah. to bust. Yeah, dude. You don't get fucking food poisoning from that. They eat that shit all the time. Uh, so, there's all this. Like, the Hundred Year War, again, is the, for sure does not last 100 years. And I've really assumed that everyone that listens to anything. and Like, we've all seen... Some sort of movie like First Night or Braveheart or fucking the show Vikings where you can see what 1400s war looks like. Really, man, the best movie to depict all that is uh, A Kid in King Arthur's Court. Right, of course, yes. The timeless classic. But you see how they fight. Like, they meet in an open field. It's mostly sword-on-shield combat. They line up against each other, and they... They clash. So it's never like, you know, today it's just wild. Yeah. You just show up and no one like you're just at all angles combat. Uh, Then this was like gentlemanly is how they would describe it. Combat. So there's always fights going on as a part of the war. It's never like one big blowout thing. I mean, you know, there's no fucking bombs to drop or anything like that. They just blow out your old lady's butt and send her back to you. Yeah, yeah, everyone's getting raped, but yeah, so they're like Joan of Arc is is killing a lot of people, like her crew, everyone involved, the entire army. I mean, they're still they're still having wars, but I'm just saying a lot of shit is going on country wise. Besides that, yeah. it's not just one blowout war. It's like battle after battle after battle, and it's almost like a fucking sport. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Perry gets attacked, 1431. Uh, this is when the English killed Joan of Arc. She gets captured. And they burned her at the stake because they basically assumed that she was some type of witch. Because, again, English are on Team Protestant. They think Catholicism is bullshit. And they see all the pageantry. And they think that the only reason that Joan of Arc... She's, like, blasphemous, you know? Yeah. Because she's saying that God chose her... Or I don't even think that she's saying that. But that's how people are acting, you know? Like, she is a gift from the God. She is sent down to us by Jesus Christ mm-hmm. to destroy the very gay... British. Well, really, what it is is they couldn't fathom a 17-year-old girl kicking their fucking ass. But she was, because you guys are fucking weak. Yeah. You just eat fried food. You don't brush your teeth. Mm-mm. You get fucking stomped. Yeah. That's what happens. One hard can devastate your whole country. But, so yeah, so they can't come to terms with that. They burn her at the stake. Uh, basically, when she, like, guile... Gil, why fuck? It's spelled. Listen, it's spelled G I L L E S. That is not Gil. It is, but it's not. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not how you. It's G I L. Yeah. Look, what are you involving? It's like Louis C K. Yeah. 
L O U I S. That's Lewis, you dumb bitch. Yeah. Cause stop the shit. It would be L O U I E were your name actually Louis. Yeah. It's just that French that guy. It makes sense that that fucking dork is French, dude. If you if you pronounce it the way it sounds, it just sounds like guy from fucking Street Fighter. Yeah. Then that's cool. Yeah, that's he was French, right? I don't know. Well, Jean-Claude Van Damme played him. Yeah, he was from fucking, like, Brussels or some that's weird the same shit. Same thing. Same thing, yeah. Fucking, that, that's strong France. Amazing That's dancer. where France works He's out. my favorite dancer. Yo, he moves. Man, dude. he's a moving yeah, move by that body. I read a hilarious article about how everyone hated him on the set of Street Fighter when he played Gal because he was just coked out of his fucking mind the yeah. whole time. Listen to me. What I'm going to do is snap kick you in your stupid face. Yeah. Like, Jean-Claude, you're not actually going to do it, right? It's like, I don't know. It depends on how the cocaine hits me today. What's hilarious is, like, he didn't even do, like, Taekwondo until later. He just straight up was a gymnast and was doing all that wild shit. Yeah. It's like, man. He kickboxed, though, right? I think so, like, later yeah. on. But Oh, it's later. I mean, I, I, he had actual kickboxing matches. Oh, did he? Yeah. 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 Well, that's why you got to, like, show a little bit of respect to Jean-Claude. I don't think he was, like, a fucking super badass. Yeah. By any stretch of the imagination, but like Bruce Lee never had a fight. Not one. Yeah. John Claude, he had a few for sure. Yeah, but I mean, think about it, dude. He didn't even like, I mean, he probably trained some shit afterwards, but the thing yeah. is, he was probably really kicking people's ass with gymnastics, man. Yeah. I mean, he's a fucking athlete, dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that dude could move. I'm just saying, man, and fucking uh, kickboxer well, where he's dancing drunk, man, he's yeah. a fucking oh, hips are good. got a nice oh, movement man. to him. I mean, dude, gymnastics, that is some athletic shit, dude. Yeah. People don't, you know, if you have never competed in a sport at all, you don't know what actual athleticism is. Because you probably, you know, if you watch sports, you see football players, like, oh, the bigger, the better, strong, fucking headed, thick neck. But, man, like, gymnastics, the, 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 abil- like, the strongest, like, the ability to, like, hang yourself upside down like one-handed on those fucking poles and shit yeah that's an insane amount of strength that it takes to control your body the way that they do and that and then also like the explosive jumping power dude when you see a motherfucker jump and do like eight backflips yeah because they're that explosive that's a fucking athlete yeah that's horrifying yeah, they I can mean, just kick your ass. Not, yeah, not even if you have, if you have no idea how to fight and somebody fucking flips over you with their knee into your face like if they just accidentally fall on you after they jumped eight feet in the air, you're yeah. getting fucked up, guy. You know what I mean? And yeah. they're conditioned and shit. And that's what take t- toughness is just seventy five percent conditioning. Yeah. If you have two people that are gonna fight each other and neither one of them has any idea how to fight, and one of them has like great fucking cardio and athletic ability, the other guy's gonna die. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, John Claude. Fucking, <laughs> we went off on that. That's great. We're just away from the story because of John Claude. This is how a, dumb we are. They need to do an. All we need is a fucking <laughs> an autobiographical movie on the motherfucker where he's. Yeah. Uh, where Did they have an autobiographical show on him, dude? Well, it's not John Claude Van Damme playing his ass. Yes, it is. JCVD. You never seen the show? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about him being. Uh, oh, uh, Gilda Ray. Yeah, man. That would be tight. Yeah, so instead of just being like a good French army man, he just beats everybody up with fucking karate. Yeah, to be tight, dude. He's just out there kicking the fucking English in the face, and their weak teeth are exploding everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like fucking roofing shingles shooting out. They call me the dentist. (laughs) It's like Jean Claude Van Damme and George St. Pierre fucking working together. But George St. Pierre is fucking Jonah Ark. He's got a bow cut. To a very similar accent, to a very face kicking on the camera, it's time to kick English face. They just figured out 
It's like those alien movies. Like, what's that stupid fucking M. Night Shyamalan movie with Mel Gibson where they find out... Oh, signs? Yeah, it, like they find out the aliens hate water and it's just some dumb fucking like environment agenda piece that M. Night Shyamalan came out with. Yeah, you're like, oh, what dumb M. Night Shyamalan? I was like, man, well, well there's a lot. Uh, he's got like maybe one good movie. Well, I'm saying like, they, like the entire alien race that's... Killing everybody and ruining the planet. You just pour water on them and they die. Yeah, and that's like what that's what George St. Pierre, Joan of Arc, and Jean Claude Van Damme figure out is that their teeth are just all fucked up, so they just have to kick them in. Like, listen to me, Jean Claude. I have figured out that their problem is with their teeth. You put the fist in their teeth, they pass away right away. Yeah, go for their teeth. And they just fucking gymnastically kick everybody in the fucking... Yeah, Dude, man. George St. Pierre like, trains with gymnastics, too, man. Oh, I know. That's hilarious. He's well, also in the new connection. Kickboxer movie reboot, too. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Jean-Claude, man. <laughs> I feel like they're on path for fucking destiny. They just gotta make to do <laughs> Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude is Gilda Ray. Staring George St. Pierre as Jean of Arc with the fucking pole cut. Oh, my That's God. That's a fucking... You're a genius, dude. I feel like we could get this shit made. So, yo, uh, Gil is kind of seen his way out. Now, at this point, he's in his fucking late 20s, early 30s. And like I said, that's some old, that's old people shit in the 1400s. That's like 60, 70 years old at this time. His homie Joan died. Uh, Gil is not only one of the richest people in France, but in all of Europe. Uh, Not only did he have a family fortune to start with, get land from being a great soldier, get fame and fortune from continuing to be a great soldier alongside Joan of Arc, he married Catherine de Thorouets, who was a rich heiress herself. While they're married, her family dies, so she inherits the money. He's as loaded as anyone could possibly fucking be, aside from, like, the king of France. Uh, and on top of that, he's he's living it up. He's not just a rich... Fu- I mean, he's fucking having weird orgies. Buying all types of dumbass shit. He's got servants, uh, heralds, peresis, slaves, just fucking buying people, buying houses, buying land. Uh, then they, they, I wouldn't call it a depression. However, he doesn't have a current job, right? He's inherited money. There's only so much to go around without having a new type of income. Didn't invest any money spending like crazy because he has so much, but that's going to go away. Especially when you're just buying dumb shit. Like he's not buying a fucking grain mill to make flour and continue his profits. No, he's just buying stupid shit. So he's got a certain lifestyle. He likes to fucking permit himself as wealthy. So because of this fucking shit that he's getting into, he, uh, kind of starts to alienate away from everybody else. Like for one, let's talk, let's, let's make sure that everyone knows that like the dude is definitely homosexual. Like he's married, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at this, like he's not like when, when I say his relationship with his wife is strained in the first place, it's a purely political marriage, which was basically every marriage at this time. Yeah. Like they are put together because he's a powerful guy She's a powerful woman. It only makes sense for them to be with one another. Your parents introduce you know, to him or whatever. Yeah. He was four years old and they tried to get him married the first time. Four shit. fucking years old. Exactly. It's always some fucking Game of Thrones 
we're marrying for political alliance. We're always making moves up in the world, and and that's that's what happens. Um, is that he's he's fucking men in the ass while being married, and uh, I don't know. I can't say that she didn't like that because she's probably doing some weird shit herself. Yeah. I mean, that's just the fourteen hundreds. Like I said, it's not a it's not a love marriage. It's a fucking planned marriage, and so he gets in this fucking kick in his head where he wants to construct this crazy chapel. And the reason why he's making a chapel is so, like, for one, it's supposed to be a church. It's going to be called the chapel of Holy innocence. Yeah. Uh, and what he wants to do there is build a big stage and he's trying to make his own play. Like I was talking about earlier and it's called Le Mistre de Siege de Orleans. Now this sounds highly unusual, but for the time it's really not. I mean, you got to think about Shakespeare, all these great poet laureates that, that, want to tell other like tell other people's stories but also tell their own story and he's fucking wealthy so this is what rich people did there's no tv you make a play about yourself and that's how you carry your legacy along and that's where we get most of this information is essentially he took his life story embellished it to create a fucking play and so now that's what the, the, the what we have to go back and look out now the, the play didn't work out it's okay. documented, but he sunk too much money. And the reason why is because he's way over the top in what he wants to do. You know, this is operatic times. This is a high, like theaters, a huge thing now. People come from everywhere. He, he could have made money back if it was good yeah. and people came. Number one, it's not that great of a play. Number two, he sunk so much money into making this the perfect place. Marble floors, fucking archways, all this crazy shit. It's not even built the way that he wanted it done. And then on top of that, to get the things that he wanted, like he's got to buy costumes, you know, the men play women, makeup, all the supplies to put on a play. He goes so much further than a normal play or a normal person would do that he's just essentially sinks all of his family's money. And because of that, to keep going and try to get it finished, he starts selling off the family's land. Yeah. Now, like I said, this is not a marriage of love. It's not like husband and wife are going to sit down and go, hey, honey, you've been spending way too much. She has to go to the Pope, to the king, to anybody she can to say, hey, my husband is fucking man ass, losing his mind. He's at the control. What do I do? Uh, and so the first thing they do is they request Pope Eugene the Fourth. To disown the Chapel of Holy Innocence, which he doesn't do because the the smart thing that Gill did is make it a chapel. So he's going to do the play there, but it's also a church. So at the end of the day, the church benefits from having this property. Yeah. Right. At like it's basically the same type of shit. Like I spent a lot of money on this, but the church is in on it, too. So if anything happens, I could just give it to the church. Uh, but on July 2nd of 1435, uh, then that's where the, the, the stage was first happened live may 8th 1435 it sucks it's a disaster that he spent all this money and then everyone comes out to watch so you know in the back of his family's mind they're like you know gil he is crazy but sometime that son of a beach he make a good thing happen he remember when he killed all of those men but he is also big time homosexual he maybe do it again with the play who know they yeah, get, he, like, hired, like, fucking uh, 500 people. Yeah. Yo, like, I'm telling you, like, 
a ton of, I'm, like, the most money you could spend. He spent yeah. it all. Sold land to spend more than that. Like, it, it's an all-out production. And then everyone shows up. And like I said, you know, in the back of his family's mind, they're thinking, like, man, what if he pulls it off? Yeah. Like, maybe he did it. Maybe we'll be fine. And it fucking sucks. And people are sitting through it, booing, throwing shit at the stage. It's just straight dog shit. And then that, and the fa- that's when the family's like, yo, we got to fucking take care of this somehow. So on July 2nd, uh, just one month basically after, or two, I guess, June, July, yeah, two months after the play debuted, the king agrees to disown the chapel and condemn Gil as a waster, basically, that he overindulged money. That's illegal. He just sunk cash. He didn't do anything productive with it. He's a waster. That prohibits him from selling further properties that he owns in Angers, Orleans, Puzegages, Champes, Selou, and Tours. Which uh, I feel like he had just had to say it like that because it's spelled in a way that I could. I'm not saying it right, yeah. but if I'm trying a different accent, it works. It sounds like you're just naming off different pool chemicals. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to clean the shit with this. <laughs> uh, the edict prohibits. Subjects of the king to get into any dealings with Gil. Uh, that doesn't stop him from selling all of his personal shit, books, manuscripts, art, even all the fucking clothes that he got to to get money. And he leaves Orleans because, of course, he's fucking mad as hell and pissed off with the entire situation. Um, and that's when it, that's when he really starts to make changes. And and this is where. Turning point. Um, let me take a sip of this real quick, yo. Mmm, sippy cup. And I start to get like that fucking dry mouth. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, a, yeah, I don't like it. When I hear that pop, I care so much about the listener that I don't want them to have to sit through that. You know what I'm saying? Man, I wish that like they made a back scratcher that was like felt like dry lips because you know that shit would fucking yeah. scratch your back good. I love it. Yeah, feels good. And get a bunch of pig lips and make a back scratcher with it. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, so 1438, basically right after he gets away from Orleans. Um, And what I'm getting at here is that you can take this all one of two ways. I'm going to give you a path to take that that neither one is necessarily logical or illogical. But when when we present a crime, I want to give you as many facts as possible so you can figure out what's bullshit and and what's right. Um, as much as you can, because you really can't, because history says one thing, but what history says sounds insane. So you can see right here where he's got problems with the king, he's got problems with his family, uh, and he's going it alone. You know, he's not associating with anyone. He's not doing what they want. I mean, basically, what they wanted him to do was get was like just sit in a house and say fuck it. You guys can have everything. I'll just sit here and die, basically. Yeah. But he's not doing that. He's gotten rid of his personal shit, left everything else that they have left over with them, goes off on his own. Um, so he's still got a decent amount of money after selling everything off. He's nothing like he was. Uh, and, and and he kind of, it seems to me like he gets scammed here. And I'm going to tell you about this part first before we would go back in time to talk about when he was a supposed serial killer. Yeah. Because if this actually happened, right... It really lends credence to the serial killer thing actually happening. But if this didn't actually happen, then you can see where it would have been fabricated by the king. So in 1438, and this is from 
the testimony at his trial, not by him, but from a priest named Eustache Blanquet and uh, the cleric Francois Prelaté. Supposedly, Deray sent out Blanquet, who's the Eustache, the priest, to seek individuals who knew alchemy and demon summoning. So he paid the guy to go find these people. Blanchet contacted Prelati in Florence and persuaded him to take service with his master, DeRay. Having reviewed the magical books of Prelati and, tra- and a traveling Breton, DeRay chose to initiate experiments. The first took place in the lower half of his, the lower hall of his castle in Tafagis, which is where he moved to, attempting to summon a demon named Baron. There's no French demons. Uh, so just Baron then? <laughs> you don't think there's a French demon? No. Even to the French? No. Like, listen, before we summon this bastard from hell, it's important that you know. Is not a Frenchman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he may perhaps speak the language of the Francois because demon is uh, very smart. But let me tell you one thing: the demon is not a French. Well, here's the thing with demons: is they're all red. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's true. And so Got uh, you know, ponytail. They're like, yo, you know, where is this demon at? Where and they then he just hides out and he Na- comes back. Are they Indians? <laughs> they, nah, man. That's how Red Baron pizzas were made. Ah, yes, oh, yeah, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> he pulled a million. Oh, yeah, heart. his name's Baron. Look at yeah, you. Man, he he pulled, figured it out. He, pulled he his, just fucking flew a plane in World War I. Well, no, he just sucked a million heart down, stuck her clothes, and fucking took a shitty picture, made somebody fucking paint it, and put it on yeah. a pizza box. He's got that French mustache, yeah, too, man. Yeah, he does. Mm, There's something going on. Something is going on. I'm, I'm connecting the dots. That's a good pizza, dude. Yeah, for frozen yeah. pizza, the Mexican, the Mexican one. That's what I'm telling you. That's the it's one, like yeah. its own special thing. Like frozen pizza is gross garbage, but for yeah. what, like whatever Red Baron did with that Mexican yeah. style pizza is what they call it. Just but let's be delicious. let's be real. Number one is the Reggio's, man. That's Reggio's. frozen pizza. Yeah, that Reggio's yeah, is yeah. fucking delicious, dog. It's, I would eat that right now. But yeah. yo, Deray provided a contract with the demon for riches that Prelati was to give to the demon at a later time. And again, that's the cleric. And he is testifying this at a trial, which is the trial that you'll find out to kill Gilda Ray. No demon manifested after three times. The marshal, which is the title that Gilda Ray has, was frustrated with the lack of results. Prelati responded that the demon baron was angry and required the offering of parts of a child. Now, according to the two holy men, or unholy men, as it were, DeRay provided already owned remnants of a child in a glass vessel for the next evocation of the demon. All of it was to no avail. The occult experiments left Gilderay super pissed off and bitter because he paid these guys a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Now that's their testimony. That means that these two guys, one of whom worked for Gilda Ray went out to find another guy who ended up working for Gilda Ray. And then 
they had bad business dealings as I basically, if you look at it, the most logical route, they bamboozled him yeah. into giving them a bunch of money to summon a demon. Like for sure. No one summoned a demon. That's a fact. Yeah. Um, but did they even try is the question yeah. because if they talked Gilda Ray, if he was at a point where he wanted to get to, to be rich again so bad that he was willing to make a contract with a demon and they tried to do it and he was willing to give his soul and kid parts away to get in touch with that, to get money back. That does show to me that he was mentally depraved at that time because you get like now we would think that's hilarious or like yeah, ridiculous yeah. thing. But in the 1400s, like again, the church is in charge of everything. The Catholic church absolutely believes that demons are real. And if you do business dealings with them, you're as evil and depraved as a person could get. Well, a lot of it too is fear mongering in that time period. Cause in the middle ages, they used to use alchemy, like alchemists, like wizards and shit. Well, they use alchemists <laughs> during fucking, there's no real wizards. So keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> You're saying like, in history, you're like, well, see, in history, wizards did use alchemists. I, I was saying alchemists. They didn't call them wizards, yeah, 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 but yeah, alchemists. Yeah, sure, sure, fuck, yeah. But they were like, you know. <laughs> Give me alchemy. There is fucking wizardry. There is two fucking wizards in the KKK. Oh, man. There's a bunch of them. Not, but they're not doing magic. They're just okay. having bad teeth. Well, they got pointy hats, They're man. just fucking, they're, they're doing, like, uh, food stamp magic. Yeah. <laughs> they're getting like, yeah, but like, fucking, yeah, I'm not working nowhere. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, back then, like, you know, fucking kingdoms and shit, they used, like, alchemy and all that stuff along with yeah. the church. And then somewhere along the line, they decided that it was satanic and fucking evil and blasphemous Ooh, yeah, to use okay. that shit. And so sure. they were like, well, you know, they're they're fucking devil worshipers. That's right. why they were burning people at the stake, you know. They had to yeah. get everybody to become Christians, not pagans. Right. So Correct. Yeah, so th- th- that's the layer of character. Now, if he was a serial killer, um, he did confess to this shit under torture, though. Uh, and what he said in his confession is that the first assaults that he committed on children occurred between the spring of 1432 and the spring of 1433. The first murders would have occurred at his property at Chemtolsay-Soulerey. However, no account of these murders was ever historically put down on the books. So there's like no evidence. There's no missing people. And shortly after that is when Gill moved to Machul. Where, again, his confession that is on record says that he killed or ordered his servants to kill a great but uncertain number of children after he sodomized them. But 40 naked bodies of children were discovered in Machul in 1437. So they found the bodies before they had anyone to charge for them. He went on trial for it. I mean, that evidence is damning, but at the same time, we'll get. We'll, I, I think we have the same theory. We didn't talk yeah. about it of like what probably happened and and who was actually responsible for this. Um, now, the first documented case, law wise, not put on Gilda Ray. Uh, the first case of of a child being snatched up and murdered concerns a boy of twelve. His name was Jadun. He was an apprentice to the furrier Guillaume Hilaret and Gilda Ray's cousin, Gil de Sely and Roger de Brookville, asked the furrier to lend them the boy to take a message to Machiul. And when Gildon did not return, the two noblemen told the inquiring furrier 
that they were ignorant of the boy's whereabouts and suggested that he had been carried off by thieves at Tifegues to be made into a fucking child prostitute. Yeah. So just like happens today, the kid was supposed to be carrying a message. He's a young boy, which, you know, if you're fucking 12 years old, you're basically like 21. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Uh, carrying a message across, got kidnapped. That's par for the course in medieval times. In Gilda Ray's trial, the events were testified to by Hilarate and his wife, the boy's father, Jean Jadun, and five others from Machihua, which the testimony was just that, that he got sent out with a message, never came back. Um, a biography that came out about Gilda Ray's life, 1971, that I was looking at. This was written by Jean Benedetti. Uh, she tells... How and then she tells it like this happened, and again she was going back and looking at the confessions, which just made it easier for me to understand because somebody had to translate all this French bullshit. Yeah. Um. So basically, they this is what would normally happen is that they would grab, they would take a poor boy, they would bring him into the castle, they would give him great fucking clothes, wash him up, and they would sit down and have a big ass meal, give the kid liquor. They drink this shit called Hippocras, which was a fucking stimulant. Probably just like some old school fucking French liquid cocaine, I'm guessing. Uh, and then once that happened, they once the kid was like drunk and on that hype up juice, they would take him into an upper room where there would be Gil and also members of his immediate circle. So like a couple of assistants that he had that worked with him. And we'll learn about one in a second. It's kind of like getting a uh, how you get a stripper to come hang out with you. Yeah, except Cocaine it's an unwilling kid. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, this was like rich businessman shit back then. Yeah, I mean, the coercion, you, you do kind of raise a good point because the coercion factor here is that if you're a port, you know, this is a caste system. Yeah. So it greatly varies from a rich person to a poor person. It's such a staggering gap, whereas... And not unlike America is now. Like, we're fucking poor. Yeah. We fucking have cars that barely work. Like, you fucking scrape by. Everything's always stressful. But then you have people that have millions of fucking dollars to do whatever they want to all the time. The lavish shit 24-7. And, you, like, we're both people. We're both in the same timeline. But everything that they do is completely inaccessible to us. And if someone came along and was like, yo, doggy, I like your fucking podcast. I've got a ton of extra cash. Would you like to just go didn't do cocaine in Anarcho with me? Then we're going to be like, yeah, fuck yeah, of course. Yeah. So it's easy to snag. Like we're adults. We're full grown men that are very acutely aware of the danger that doing cocaine in Antarctica with some weird rich guy. I'm only bring. doing cocaine if somebody fucks it in my ass. <laughs> yeah, that's your stimulation, dude. Not even just like blowing it in your yeah, ass. They got to no. put it in there with their dick. They got to they, what? spit on the tip <laughs> and then they got salt shaker it on their dick. <laughs> what if they, uh, what if they had like a, what if they had like a tea bag? Yeah. <laughs> like a, like a, well, they so, do, it's balls. so it's going to like permeate, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm saying it's something like a mesh, so it's going to come out, uh-huh. and they tape that to the head of their dick, and they just fuck you in the ass until it comes off. Hell, man. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you're actually into that. Yeah, you just fucking, like, you basically duct tape a Ziploc bag where it's got it in there, but it holds it. It's kind of yeah. stiff. Yeah. And then you fuck it, but it sock folds into <laughs> yeah, your ass, yeah, and it yeah, just yeah, dumps yeah. a bunch in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it looks like a fucking fat kid eating a powdered donut. <laughs> <laughs> you get all numbass. <laughs> what are you doing over there, you fucking numbass? <laughs> you're trying to shake it out of your. God damn, you spill that cocaine everywhere, you fucking numbass. <laughs> you fucking numbass piece of shit. You know how like you fucking take a well, shit. Well, you got fucking. Cocaine in your ass, you're all fucking flopping it everywhere, you numbass. You know how you fucking take a shit and you sit on too long, make your legs numb? Yeah. Man? But it's in your ass, like. <laughs> so yeah. you're just shaking yeah, your ass and they're numb. getting all teased up. What's that fucking, uh, that 70s show? The dad on that was always like, go to your job, dumbass. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. get fucked in the ass, numbass. <laughs> it's just your fucking bald dad. What if it was just your bald dad fucking cocaine up your ass? Well. <laughs> At least you know who he is for once, finally. Yeah, That'd be a win, kind of. Have a fucking retard <laughs> kid pretty quick. <laughs> you got pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> your fucking dad fucks cocaine in your ass and you get pregnant with a... <laughs> you get pregnant and you have... Your baby is George St. Pierre with the Joan of Arc bowl cut. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy, you just gave birth to me from your ass. Let me tell you, I have been practicing gymnastics in your giant male womb. And now I am ready to reclaim the honor of Francois. Give a fucking incest kid a director set if you want to piss him off. <laughs> what? Yeah, man, they can't figure that out. They can't figure anything out because they're all cross-eyed and drooling. Yeah, yeah. Man. Applesauce is the key component to diet. We're getting to the point of uh, notoriety where I'm afraid to tell... I'm a, I've like I've I've said a couple of things about people that have told me that they listen to the podcast uh-huh. and they they've been like like I could tell that they're trying to like hint that they've heard some terrible thing that I've said about them on the podcast. Yeah. They've been like uh yeah, I've listened to like every episode. Like they won't they won't like come out and say and then I'm like, "Oh yeah, man, I definitely called this person to fucking like I definitely shit on their entire life one time." So uh, I'm afraid to say anything, but I'm going to do it anyway. She's in quotations. The wrestling, yeah. well, like, yeah, uh, the wrestling team that my kids are on, they got this fucking pack of retards that <laughs> hangs around, dude. <laughs> a pack? Yeah, well, it's like this family, bro, and, like, there's a mom and dad, and, like, I know for sure they're brother and sister because their kids are fucked up, man. Like, like there's, <laughs> there's, like, there's, like, nine kids and, tw- like, only 12 working eyeballs in the group. And, like, the other ones, like, the, all the ones that have lazy eyes, like, they're all looking at each other's other lazy eye. Like, they're all in sync. Like, there's just all these fucking eyes. It's like a, it's like a compass. Like, like you know how, a, you know how, like, a, like a compass always points north. Like, yeah. wherever you turn. That, but it bounces that, a little bit. Yeah, like, that needle fucking slowly moves back to north. But, like, all their fucking eyeballs are just, like, point to, like, I'm retarded, like, all at the yeah. same time. You know what I'm saying? You gotta explain. And, but it's all, but it's all because, like, their dad fucked his sister. Like, it's just, you can just tell. Like, you hear all that shit about Arkansas, like, inbred. Yeah. Like, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm really not exaggerating. They all have lazy eyes, and there's a kid, I think he's a kid, like, like, sometimes fucking tards don't, like. <laughs> <laughs> I really cut loose on this shit. Uh, they, you know, they don't age the same way, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, like, you know how people say, like, oh, man, black don't crack, well, like, that may be the case because, like, Morgan Freeman looks the same now as he did in the 80s. Yeah. I get it. Like, you guys are a beautiful race. But uh, retards, <laughs> they they don't age either. You know what I'm saying? But, but also because they're, like, using bibs and diapers and shit. Yeah. So, like, I can't tell <laughs> I can't tell if this is, like, a 200-pound, 6-foot, 9-year-old 
Or like a fucking 48-year-old man. Does, you know he, ride a, does he ride a <laughs> Razor scooter everywhere? <laughs> I don't think he could. Um, but but uh, anyway, well, I, I don't even remember how I got on Oh, we're talking about inbreeding, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, you can just, like, that, that shit happens, dude. Yeah. Like, there's certain birth defects that, and they, and they have, like, nine kids, mm. and they're all fucked up. They have a baby with them, dude. But, but, but also, there's this... It's like uh, that that kid that I'm describing that I don't know the age of has a sister that's like the same in the same boat. Uh-huh. I don't know the age, and there's and she has a baby, but there's like not a dad around for that baby. So it's like, is it the dad that imprint? Like who put the baby there? My mind's getting blown. I'm telling you now, dude. And then they've got two kids that are on my kids' wrestling teams. My kids are seven and nine. These kids are like the roughly the same age. And they're just all fucked up, man. I mean, I feel so bad for these kids because I just look at the family. And the dad's is the most normal of all. He's the most normal of all, but he is like a, he is a like he works at McDonald's, like 100%. Oh, okay. Like he wears McDonald's shirts. I don't, man, you know. In, in, Which there's nothing wrong working at McDonald's. No, but there is something wrong with fucking your family. That's the whole yeah. point that we're making right now is like you did the end product. Like you may have a sexy sister. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I don't have siblings. Yeah. Uh, or like I don't know anything about my family for the most part, but like, you like if I had a real sexy sister, like I might give it to her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but you, you you gotta like pull out. You know what I mean? It's not a chance I'd be willing to take. Right? <laughs> I'm not gonna have some fucking slobber jawed numbfuck running around. <laughs> yeah. You numbass. Uh, yeah, man, we took a cool arc on that. <laughs> That's like, you know, this is what the fucking... F- <laughs> this is the type of shit that the French are up to, man. They're just doing ill shit all the time. Um, so, uh, you know, this this guy may or may not... But when he's bringing kids up to this room, right, with his assistants, the, the most fucked up thing, if this was happening, that multiple people testified about in the trial of this dude's life or death is that uh, what Gil liked the most, like he liked to sodomize the kid, but even more than that, he li- he would take him in the room in front of people and tell them what was going to happen. Like he didn't, like a, like a priest would be like, listen, son, you have come to here with me and the Holy Lord like perform these services. But he was just like, we're going to take you and uh, sodomize you. And then the, you you cannot leave the room, and we are going to kill you. And then when the kid panicked, that is what Gil liked, which is some rough sounding shit. Yeah. Like if you're on, you know, you know, it's not like a fair trial either, <laughs> like like we deal with today. As soon as someone said that, they're like, "Hang this bastard <laughs> yeah. immediately!" Yeah. But the, but again, multiple people said that shit. Now he had what's called a body servant, which. What I took to mean, and I Googled it, is, like, uh, always with him. Like, uh, it was a slave, but he paid him, and he was always with him. Like, right, like, you're... Like a, like a golf caddy. Yeah, or you're, you're like a personal assistant. Like, yeah. he, he did all your shit. Like, he, he was, like, constantly around you. So, if you were doing some shit, he was doing some shit. His name was Etienne Coreluat, and he was known as Putois. Sneaky motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and he was an accomplice in most of the crimes. He testified against Gil and said that he stripped 
kid like one one time he stripped a kid naked hung him with ropes from a hook to prevent him from crying out and then masturbated upon the child's belly and he would say if the victim was a boy he would touch his balls and his butt <laughs> yeah, I should have said that's why you gotta go with testicles on that you know yeah, what I'm saying yeah. cause like cause we're fucking retarded <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like I mean you know me and buddy probably have the same mystery dad and uh <laughs> aren't so loud I'm aren't so loud I hope that's on the mic dude they shook the uh, table man <laughs> uh, uh, you know either one of us are so dumb we could easily be fucking inbred um, no, I guess this is his usual MO. I fucked up reading that, uh, which I wrote myself. So it's double fun. Uh, th- this was his MO. He would fucking hang the kid from a hook on ropes. So like an immense amount of pain doesn't kill you right away, but you yeah. can't scream cause you got a fucking hook in your body. He would touch their genitals in, in a particular way. Um, when he took the kid down, Ray would comfort the child and assure him that he only wanted to play with him. And then Guile would either kill the kid himself or have the killed kid by his cousin, who, remember, was involved in that first kid disappearing, Gil de Sali, or the body servant, Poutour, or another servant called Henriette. And then the victims were always killed by decapitation, um, they would cut their throat and then dismember the head after they died, breaking the neck with a stick. Uh, they use a short stick, double-edged sword called a brekimard, uh for the murders, which was recovered. But, of course, they don't exactly have DNA testing at the time. And Batois further testified that Ray sometimes abused the victims, whether boy or girl, before wounding them. And at other times, after the victim had been decapitated, he would sexually violate the body. So I, I know I'm not supposed to say the N-word, but necrophilia. You know what I'm saying? Um, according to Poitois, Ray had disdained the victim's sexual organs and took infinitely more pleasure in debauching himself in this manner than in using their natural orifice in a normal manner. In other words, he would take their fucking butt and fuck it after death, which again, if they tried to summon a demon named Baron and he instantly produced child parts in a glass jar, it kind of maths out. Now in his own confession, Gil testified that when the children were dead, he kissed them and those who had the most handsome limbs and heads, he held up to admire them and he had their bodies cruelly cut open and took the light at the sight of their inner organs. And very often when the children were dying, he sat on their stomachs, took pleasure in seeing them die, and laughed. Now that's what Gill said about himself. Mm. Poutois testified that he and Henriette burned the bodies in the fireplace in Gill's room. The clothes of the victim were placed into the fire piece by piece so they burned slowly and the smell was minimized. The ashes were then thrown into the cesspit or moat or other hiding place. Cesspit, that's like where they kept their garbage, just a giant, and their shit buckets. They just went into this giant, gross fucking pit. The last recorded murder was of the son of Inouet de Villablanque and his wife, Messe. Now, Patois paid 20 sous to have a page, uh, to have the... 
a page's doublet made for the victim who was then assaulted, murdered, and incinerated in August of 1440. So, and then this is when they brought him up to trial. Um, now, during the trial and execution, May 15, 1940, supposedly Ray kidnapped a cleric during a dispute at the church of Saint Etienne de Mirmortier. The act prompted an investigation by the Bishop of Nantes, during which evidence of Gal's crimes was uncovered. On the 29th of July, the Bishop released his findings and subsequently obtained the prosecutorial cooperation of Ray's former protector, John VI, who was the Duke of Brittany, which is like the overall area that he lived in. Ray and his body servants, Patois and Henriette, were arrested on the 15th of September, 1440, following a secular investigation which paralleled the findings of the investigation from the Bishop of Nantes. Ray's prosecution would likewise be conducted by both secular and ecclesiastical courts on charges which included <clears throat> murder, sodomy, and heresy, which again, Grusant Church and government are totally intertwined. Uh, the reason that they had separate trials is because what the church would basically condemn you to hell. Right. Mm -hmm. They would say before you went to trial on if you get legally put to death, if they found you guilty, then like you're going to get put to death. But on top of that, they've already said that you're for sure going to hell. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, the extensive <clears throat> witness testimony convinced the judges that there were adequate grounds for establishing the guilt of the accused. And then after Ray admitted to the charges on the 21st of October, the court canceled a plan to torture him into confessing. Peasants of the neighboring villages had earlier begun to make accusations that their children had entered Gill's castle begging for food and had never been seen again. Now, that's important to hear again. They earlier begun to make accusations. In the transcript, which included testimony from the parents of many of these missing children, as well as graphic descriptions of the murder provided by Gill's accomplices, was said to be so lurid that the judge was ordered to strike the worst parts from the record. In other words, they didn't want it to be read to people. So that means that it never entered the official court documents, which means that there's no written record of it left over. Mm. The precise number of Gill's victims are not known, as most of the bodies were burned or buried. The number of murders is generally placed between 80 and 200. A few have conjured numbers upwards of 600 yeah. the victims range in age from 6 to 18 included both sexes but were predominantly boys because again he's a homosexual on the 23rd of October 1440 the secular court heard the confessions of Batois and Henriette condemned them both to death followed by Gil's sin death sentence on the 25th of October Gil was allowed to make confession and and his request was just to be buried in the church of the monastery of Notre Dame des Carmes in Nantes, and it was granted. Execution by hanging and burning was set for the 26th of October, which was a nice Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Gill and his two accomplices made their way into the procession to the place of execution on the Ile de Bessy. Gill is said to have addressed the crowd with contrite piety and exhorted Henriette and Patois to die bravely and think only of salvation. Gill's request to be the first to die had been granted the day before. At 11 o'clock, 
The brush at the platform was set afire and Reyes was hanged. His body was cut down before being consumed by the flames and claimed by the four ladies of high rank for burial. Which they just basically picked up his burnt ass body. Henriette and Patois were executed in the similar fashion, but their bodies were reduced to ashes and the flames then scattered. Now, that is all on record. So let me dissect it personally by saying that it's like the things I find most sketchy here are one. I believe that Gil was definitely doing some weird occult shit in a highly religious place. Mm -hmm. And that made everybody mad. And he was rich as fuck. Two, uh, his family hated him because he had squandered an inexpressible amount of wealth on dumb shit. But still was able to scramble up enough money by selling some of that shit to be pretty wealthy off on his own. I mean, they, they described him as like in shambles compared to what he had, but the motherfucker had a castle and shit still, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So he's basically off on his own living the good life. Uh, now at the same time, the church is going to be super mad about the occult shit. Like there's so many factors here and there's so much gossip in areas like this. It's hard to decipher what happened. One thing that did happen for sure, according to the history books that we have is that there were 40, mutilated children bodies found. So that leads me to believe that perhaps Gil had some involvement in that. The other thing that could be a factor in that is that what he's accused of priests in the church could very well have done those crimes. Uh, What do priests do? They rape children. That's par for the fucking course. We got Catholic priests. This shit's been going on since way before this. Yeah. And still continues on to this day. Now, on top of that, you got a weird political climate where, you know, the the king worked with his family to remove him from his household, essentially. Like, keep him from selling his land. You know, you, he's just like an in a, like no one likes the guy. He's yeah, an outcast. Well, he's, he's pissing everybody off. Like, when he built that chapel... Uh, they didn't want him to build it, so like to a slap in the face of the church, he just fucking did it anyways. Right, you know. So, and then the other thing that's kind of weird is is uh, his burial. It's kind of you know they burnt witches at the stake because they couldn't bury him. They wanted to they wanted to get rid of any any remnants of their body, so they wouldn't bury him on, on consecrated ground. So if he really did that shit and he was in league with Satan, why would they bury him? You right. know, it's kind of weird. Well. To give some more specifics, too, on, like, the problems that he had, um, the Duke of Brittany, who I was saying is the the overall territory that he lived in, who got the authority from the king, allowed him to prosecute Gill for the crimes when once they got the quote-unquote evidence. Um, he received the titles to all of Gill's former lands after his conviction. So remember how they granted him all that land? It went, all went to the Duke of Brittany. So the Duke then divided the land among his own nobles. Uh, and there, there was writers at the time uh, that, like, this is, again, is France. So people are doing secret societies and keeping shit on the down low. There, there is a cold shit going on, but there's also, like, uh, masonry type shit going yeah. on. That can't be in the public eye because it, it would piss the king off. It would piss royalty off because you're only supposed to be subservient to God and government. Those are like your driving forces. So if you have another interest in mind, it pisses them off. And that's why they keep it secret. Um, There was a secret society specialist named Jean-Pierre Bayard. His book called The Play Doer 
poor Gil de Raz said that he was a victim of the Inquisition. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, so where a lot of our audience would find it interesting that this would cross paths with some more metal shit is in the early 20th century. There was an anthropologist named Margaret Murray who was doing work with Aleister Crowley. They questioned his involvement of the ecclesiastic and secular authorities in the case. Crowley described Array as, in almost every respect, the male equivalent of Joan of Arc, whose main crime was the pursuit of knowledge. Uh, Murray, who propagated the witch cult hypothesis, speculated in her book, The Witch Cult in Western Europe, that Gilda Array was really a witch and adherent of a fertility cult centered on the pagan goddess Diana. However, most historians reject this theory because you're dealing with some dipshit who was hanging out with Aleister Crowley. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I find that interesting because Crowley was involved in it at least a little bit. And I think that we have a lot of listeners that are into that. And you're getting like you, like that Aleister Crowley shit. Yeah, I think it's cool. Um, it's cool history shit. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so, you know, like... This is the crossroads we're at, and this is why we're not doing more than one episode. Yeah. There's there's not a ton of evidence. Uh, the his the historical facts like there's 40 bodies that were found. You got to take that shit with a grain of salt because it's the, the same people that would have been producing that evidence are the people that not only didn't like him but benefited from his death. Yeah. So this is just old school sketchy times. It could really go either way in my mind. There could have well, been some fucking weird animal yeah. like this out there preying on kids, tr- like trying to conjure demons and doing ill shit. Absolutely, in my mind, a possibility. And two, the f- people were so fucking stupid. It's like it, like it, if like four or five kids disappeared, think about like what they would come up with. Like, oh my God, a werewolf has come up from the depths of hell and has decided to prey upon our children. What type of sin did we commit for this giant cocked man wolf to come up and fuck our children? The people were so stupid back then. Yeah. You could trick them into anything. I think there is a, a 1992 uh, New York Times article where a lady was wanting to reopen the case because they found evidence that there was no burnt bodies of children or yeah. that he was tied into any of that stuff. That he basically just pissed the church off and did whatever he wanted to, and right, and that. You know, he just became uh, too big for his britches. I mean, because he was really, he's paying those people being his play, and there was like yeah. no money in that town until he did that. Yeah. You know? So that's, you know, he just, uh, I, I don't think he did it, but it's still cool if he did. Yeah. Like, it's cool, cool history. history well, shit. it's not cool if he did it. No, you know no, what I'm no, saying? No, but, but it is cool history. Uh, and it, it's fun to look at in one of two ways, too, because uh, as we still look at government as corrupt as it is now, it's all kind of always been like that. Yeah. Like, that's the main objective of government is that they corrupt then they can do they can say and do whatever they want to and then if they they did frame the guy then it went down in history like that i mean it's basically accepted as fact for the most part that this is what this guy did yeah so man it's uh just a fucking nice little quirk part of history i wanted to get into yeah now uh, i've been thinking about fucking dumping into ted bunny next week you know what i'm saying tight that's a tough one to tackle. Probably yeah. a few episodes. So oh, yeah. I don't know yeah. if we feel like doing a multi-parter coming up. We could definitely. Yeah, we should, man. It'd be good. Swing into that. Just want to make sure we do a good job. Yo, you know Bundy. Yeah. He liked a butt. Um, yeah, yeah. Not terrible person, but uh, you know, my favorite part of the Ted Bunny thing is when he fucking <laughs> represented himself as a lawyer. Yeah, that's usually telltale sign you're fucking nuts. Yeah, but then he jumped it. But then he was fucking smart because he just got into the prison's library and dove out the window. 
and took oh you know we'll do yeah, we'll yeah, t- yeah. tell you the rest of it in the bunny okay well let's just do it we'll fuck it we'll do it yeah, yeah. Uh, I picked a song man I got a song yeah of course that's what the fucking yeah. platform is is we uh, pick a gnarly death metal song to go along with our fucking criminal case in this case Gilda Ray and the song about him is by one of everyone's favorites Celtic Frost into the Crypts of Rays which is about his fucking crypt yeah fucking butts Eating Satan shit. Numbass. Numbass. <laughs> Man, uh, say something real quick. I want to fucking pull up all the sweet patrons that support the boys. Yeah, buddy. Well, we, uh,. We've done some shit today. I'm looking forward to Ted Bunny, man. That's going to be so fucking fun. Yeah. I mean, fun for you. <laughs> well, I mean, just, just oh, a Speaking lot, of dude. fucking research shit, too, man. Uh, shout out to the doggy, Andy Campbell. He helped me out with a lot of the research with this. I'm getting better at uh, allocating my resources, which was uh, we basically decided that he would take the early part, and I would take the late part. So we worked together, and I got great. And he's fucking a lot smarter than me, so that helps out a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that helps out a ton, dude. Because uh, I'm fucking stupid, man. Like, that's a lot. Like, the the way this is fucking podcast is gone. Um, come on, buddy. Help me out here. I'm it's doing been a lot of winging it. Yeah, I mean it's not winging it, dude. Like I do, I do the legitimate research, yeah. right? Uh, and I, I try to put. It's just that I'm not that smart. Is yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> I'm fucking stupid. So, it, it, it's great that sometimes it comes out well. It's just hard. Like I'm not good at doing research. Like and like Andy, for example, has done a lot of schooling. Yeah, and he can go and like make a comprehensive outline that you could turn into a teacher, and it would like make a good grade. Like if yeah. people saw what I had going on, they would be like, first of all, fuck you. Yeah, numbass. Second of all, <laughs> fucking get your shit together and don't ever fucking hand a piece of paper to me again. So it's 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 good. It's very helpful for uh, Andy to help out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very appreciative. So just trying to give him credit where credits due. Sweet on the fucking podcast. I um, yeah, appreciate you, man. Goddamn, you know it's it's a great help. And I, not only that, you know, if you do like what we're doing, I mean, this is what all podcasts do. So I don't feel like a fucking weirdo for asking. We don't ask you at the top of the show, in the middle of the show. We're not trying to make a gimmick here. Uh, it's free as fuck to do this. You could just get on iTunes and uh, give us a five-star review. That is the premier reviewing platform for podcasts. At some point in fucking time, you know, if we get four or 5,000 reviews in a, a year or two, we can just show people that we're fucking, you know, our people click on links. That helps. Yeah. Uh, just That's an easy way to put it's it. It's the small things, man. Yeah, it's it's hard to do. And like I've said it a million times, we got a, a fucking very metal fan base, which is what we wanted. It's fucking yeah. awesome to have it. But uh, like, like me right now, uh, I don't know if you can fucking see my phone in that, but it's cracked to shit, you know? That's just how it goes, baby. Yeah. And then we're not the most responsible bunch, so... You know, dude, that shit's hard, but if, if anyone that has done it, thank you a ton. That just A couple minutes of your day, say it a nice word. You can say a terrible word. You yeah. can roast us. You can do whatever you want to, but if you just put five stars on that, thank you immensely, iTunes. Uh, you may be financially better off than us. 
and you want to contribute to what we're doing here, which a lot of people have, and uh, it fucking rips, man. Yeah. We're basically, this is that's what a producer is. They help you produce your show. That's yeah. what this is because uh, all this money goes to paying all the fucking various fees that it costs to put this shit out across multiple platforms, YouTube, Red, subscription, and all this dumb shit that we have to get. Thank you all for doing this. Uh, shout out to Geronimo Hansen. Robo Christ, that is definitely a real name. Sweet. That is the god of the future. The future, yes. Uh, Brian Wiley, big shout out to that guy. Lacey Doyle, giant supporter. Mm-hmm. Good, great person to know through the internet. Ronald D. Squire Third, thank you very much, my guy. Patrick Wilding. Big Bobby Henderson, Emma Long, Clayton Haynes of Alien Invasion, which is a cool way of saying AIDS. If AIDS was that cool, we'd all have it. (laughs) Alejandro Palomino, as always, thanks, my dog. Much appreciated. Megan Beckham, the fucking Bradshaw family, Matt Mess, Jesse Lucian, Ash Rude. Mm-hmm. Man, I haven't heard from you, man. How's that baby coming along? Let us know how that crock oh, pot's know busy, man. cooking up. Oh, my God. Do I? Yeah. Do I know? Yes, I do. Jeffrey Ross, our hometown homeboy. Ryan fucking Packer. The fucking Northeastern Terror. That fucking guy there. Ryan Packer. Supporting for always... And, uh, of course, the Bradshaw family there. Man, we thank you all immensely for just helping us get this shit out. You know what I'm saying? And that's on uh, patreon.com slash deathmetaldicks. That's it. That's the website if you want to fiscally support us. If you don't want to do, like, a subscription type of thing, you could always PayPal us some cake. Uh, deathmetaldicks at gmail.com. It will be put to good use. we got shirts coming out on Warlord. Yep. Dot com. Yep. At warlordclothing.com. Warlordclothing.com. Soon. I hope and suppose. And then you'll be able to get shirts and hoodies. And Go to all our social media. Yeah. Like that shit, all man. that shit helps, man. We're, we're really trying to focus on YouTube. I think I said it on the YouTube part of this, but we're doing fucking five five-minute record reviews a week. If you listen to this shit and you got a band, just send it to me. We're at a point right now where we have got no agenda other than putting out good content, so we'll be happy to review your band. If we don't like it, we may shit on it, but that doesn't matter because you're going to get viewers that yeah. you... Uh, and if you got some cool fucking like record packaging, we'll show that shit off to you. You know? Yeah. People love that shit. Yeah, I mean, whatever, dude. Basically, like we're fucking super grateful for the audience that we've been able to get, and I would love to provide that to other people. If we could help you out in any way... Fucking hit us up, man. I go like neither one of us have an ego that we no. would that would get in the way of us wanting to help you out with some shit. And uh, I believe that anyone that listens to us is doing cool shit only. So if you ever wants to shout you out, especially on our YouTube channel, you wants to do like a record review, man, we're down with that shit because like we're doing five a week. So I mean, like we've done like Kid Rock and Slipknot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we're just we're doing whatever. So don't feel like you have to be metal only. We're just doing silly shit. Yeah. We're giving honest reviews. So hit us up uh, across all social media. It's basically everything backslash Death Metal Dicks. Instagram and Facebook are both like that. We got Twitter, but we don't fucking use it. 
because um, we're dumb. We don't understand technology, and uh, that seems like too much social media to have three. Yeah. So our main focus is YouTube right now, so definitely YouTube.com backslash Death Metal Dicks. Uh, fucking subscribe to that. I mean, we got funny shit coming your way, not just hour-long podcasts. And it looks way better now. Our fucking producer, Mark, is really wild it out and we got the multi hopefully you guys enjoyed tonight we'll eventually have like pictures of the fucking dings and dongs of the crimes in the background so Big, huge we dicks. just keep moving along and we just fucking love every ounce of yeah, support man. that we get every view i know is a person that sat down and watched us and i fucking feel so grateful that you would want to listen to us numb asses talk for this much time so as always we love you and we'll see you next week we'll get into fucking ted bundy that's probably gonna take a few weeks yeah so I'm going to fucking go home and do some yoga and stretch my asshole out for that. See you on YouTube, right? We'll see ya. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.